2 Kings chapter 21. Aren't you thankful for days like this that are set aside that uh, we can thank God for a heritage that's been given to us. We can thank God for fathers that have raised us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And there may be some that are sitting here right now saying, well, I didn't have a father like that. Well, you don't have to be discouraged or depressed because you can commit to be one like that. And you can stop that cycle that may have been um, a habit in your family's life for generations that have preceded you, but you have the opportunity. You're here today. You have the opportunity to be able to live right and to be able to do right and to be able to make a difference. And then for some, I'm praying that they will commit to that when the day comes that God allows them um, to be able to be a father or start being that spiritual figure to young men around our church and let them see um, how a godly man ought to live and act and treat his wife and be faithful to church. And so Second Kings chapter 21, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We'll begin reading in verse number 19. Verse number 19, and we'll just read down through the end of the chapter, which is verse number 26. Beginning in verse number 19, Amon was twenty and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name, can you imagine this, ladies? Happy Mother's Day. Meshulamath, the daughter of Heruz of Jotba. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh did. And he walked in all the way that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. And he forsook the Lord God of his fathers, and walked not in the way of the Lord. And the servants of Ammon conspired against him, and slew the king in his own house." And the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon. And the people of the land made Josiah his son king instead. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And he was buried in his sepulcher in the garden of Uzzah. And Josiah his son reigned in his stead. Well, doesn't that seem like a depressing few verses of Scripture as we read down through here? And uh, we see this pattern over and over and over again as you read throughout the book of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and of course some of it's repeated over in the book of the Chronicles. But I want us to look at a subject matter this morning and share a few things out of this passage of Scripture on the subject, an example for future leaders an example for future leaders. Let's have a word of prayer, and then I'll just share a few thoughts out of the Scriptures this morning. Father, we sure do love you. Lord, thank you. Lord, yes, it is Father's Day, but more importantly than that, it's the Lord's Day. And Lord, I'm thankful that we're able to be able to assemble in church today. Lord, I'm thankful for a godly father and a godly mother that have raised me and continue to be a great wisdom um, bearer and testimony in my life. Lord, I'm thankful for the principles of the Word of God. There's no greater foundation that a father can give to their children than the foundation that the Bible is true and we ought to live according to it. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning, encourage us. Lord, thank you for the godly men and fathers here at Granite State Baptist Church, Lord, that are doing their best to be able to live for God and be an example, Lord, for the future leaders. And Lord, help us today, challenge us in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have starting just in chapter number 21, we actually have starting with the reign of Manasseh, who would have been Amon's father. And I want you to see what is said about Manasseh in verse number 1. He was 12 years old when he began to reign and reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So we have Manasseh beginning here in chapter 21. We have Amon down in verse number 19, which did evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh did. I began to look, and let me say this, we're going to end with this principle that I do completely understand that every person has their individual choice on whether they will serve God or not. And so you're not going to hear a message today that young person, just because your father may not be doing everything that you think is right in life, you still have a responsibility to serve the Lord you still have a responsibility to choose that which was right. Well, you don't understand the the life that I came from. Well, you're sitting in a wonderful place today to make the decision as Joshua did towards the end of his life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so by no means as we come through these scriptures today, do I want you to get any idea that just because a son may be doing right or a son may be rebelling against God, that that comes back 100% upon the father or the mother's shoulders when the the child gets to the point of choosing on which direction they're going to go. But may I also say, fathers, it's okay They're still a child, they're still a minor, they're still under your responsibility and under your roof to say this is what you are going to do and this is what you're not going to do. And when they start rebelling against that, guess what? It's not a matter of allowing them to make their own choice, but now, young people, it's come to a matter of the submissiveness of your heart to the God-given authority that has been placed over you. And so what I'm looking at today, as we look at it in 2 Kings, is an example of future leaders. An example to those that are coming behind us. And whether you believe it or not, you are an example today. Whether you desire to be an example or not, you are an example. There is just about no one that I've ever come in contact with in my life that I've not learned something from them. You say, well, what do you mean? Some people I've learned on what not to do. They're an example of how not to live their life. They're an example on how not to be a father and how not to be a husband, how not to treat my wife. 
But then there's others that I come in contact with that I've learned from and I'm saying I've learned there how to be a husband. I've learned there how to be a father. I've learned there how to be a a godly man and to be able to live righteously before the Lord. I've tried to learn from several that I come in contact with and say, okay, can I watch their life? What to do? What not to do? What can I apply to my hearts and my life? And so listen, whether you desire to be or not, you are an example today. And I wonder this, and I'm not going to deal with every one of these individual um, areas of our lives today, but let me ask the fathers here, the young fathers that maybe have children that are that are maybe 10 and under or 5 and under, maybe they're just babies or, or getting into being toddlers. I wonder if your kids grew up and they were as faithful in church as what you are. Would that be what you desire for the next generation? I wonder if they grew up and treated their wife the way that you treat your wife. I wonder if they would have a happy life. I wonder if their home would be a happy place. Or maybe there's some things we can look at and be able to say, maybe I need to be adjusting on this. Or maybe, hey listen, there's not many days that I don't remember if I think back over my life that I don't remember my dad ever sitting there in his chair without some point during that day, listen, that Bible was going to be opened. And every place, if he said, go get my Bible, there was never a question on where my dad's Bible was except for when we were going to church. Because that Bible was always right beside his chair the chair that he sat in every day of his life when he was home, that Bible was right there beside him. I knew exactly where it was. Any of my, any of my siblings, if dad said, go get my Bible, there wasn't a question. It's right there beside his chair. You know why? Because when he was home, that's where he spent the majority of his time. If he wasn't out working in the garden, if he wasn't mowing the yard, it was early morning, late at night, that Bible was right there. We had a preacher that came through and uh, his dad was traveling with him. He wasn't preaching here at the church, just came through, but his parents showed up early. And uh, I saw him out there in the parking lot and uh, I went out to meet him. I said, he said, that my, my son's not going to be here for another 45 minutes or so. I said, you want to come inside? You don't have to sit in the car. And he asked me this. He said, is there a place that I can just sit and read my Bible? And his dad gave a testimony later that night. I heard the testimony that God burdened his dad's heart years ago for this book to be able to read his Bible. And he started reading it. And then he started, he said, I want to read it through in a year. Well, then he did that for a few years. And he said, I believe I can read it through more than once a year. Of course, then he got retired and he started reading it through four times a year. Every three months, he would read through his Bible. And then he said this. He said, I'm retired, don't have much else to do. He said, I've heard if you really put some time in, you can read your Bible through in a month. And he sat down and started reading. And this was the testimony of his son. That said, I've watched my dad for month after month after month. He said to be able to sit down, and if he has spare time, you know what he's doing? He's just sitting down reading his Bible. And I thought, you know, and we're not into the message yet. I'm just talking about being an example to the next generation. You're being an example of the Christian to be or the Christian not to be every day in front of your children. You're being the example, whether you desire to be or not, of the husband that they ought to be to their future wife. 
or the father that they ought to be to their children. I want to share a few things back in 2 Kings chapter number 21 about this subject matter of an example for future leaders. We have Manasseh here in chapter 21. We have Amon here in starting in verse number 19. And I want you to see this and understand this, and we won't take the time to read the entire passage of Scripture, but we see it some in Amon's life with those that conspired against him and slew the king in his own house, that we need to be an example of future leaders, number one, that judgment day always comes in the life of a person. In the life of a father, in the life of a husband, in the life of a Christian man, in the life of every person, we see it over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament. It's repeated in the New Testament. For unto, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We see it in Amon's life. We see it in Manasseh's life over and over. Listen, they can go live how they desire to live, but judgment day is coming. And I have thought in my personal life, and I've thought in the lives of some fathers and some husbands that are here with their children, that there's some children that ought to look and see the judgment that has come upon their fathers for the disobedience in their life and actually learn a lesson from it. You say, what do you mean learn a lesson? Fathers and husbands that have gotten away from the Word of God and what it has cost them in their life. Now listen, they may be sitting here today and they're serving God and they're faithful and they're doing the best they can, but go back and talk to them about years ago. When they would get away from God, when they would hear some things and they would take their family a different direction and then go ask them, hey, do you regret that? What about the chastening hand of God that God had to use to be able to get them back in? And here it was, I thought over and over, I said, listen, king after king after king, it was said that they followed not the Lord, but they walked in the ways of their father. We see it over here. Listen, I would think if you saw the judging hand of God upon my father, that I would learn a lesson from what he went through and say, I'm not going to repeat those mistakes. But we understand it. You look around us in society. Do you understand how it is and what the statistics are that if you have a father as a drunkard or a drug addict or any type of an abuser on what it's going to be for those children that are going to step up and be able to do the same thing? And how it just carries on from generation to generation. But then you have those that say, listen, there's some that have never touched a drop of alcohol in their life. You know why? Because they say, I saw what it did to my dad. And I saw how my dad treated my mom. And I know what the cause was. It, And I'm not touching it one bit. I look at a man like that and say, you know, that's wisdom. That's being able to learn that judgment day is coming and we're not going to escape from it. And I thought if we'd learn from the previous generations, listen, if at all we can learn, God doesn't allow a generation or a father or a mother, any individual whatsoever to get away with sin. You may think you're getting away with it for a while. You may think that everything's going fine. You may be living in sin. You may be committing sin. You may think that nobody's saying anything to you. Hey, listen, judgment day's coming. You will answer to the Lord for it. 
You say, well, I'm just not, I'm just not living right right now. You may be shacking up. You may be doing this. You may be doing that. Hey, that is going to come back and there is a God Almighty. And we can go back and look at the previous generations and be able to say, hey, God didn't let them get by with sin. And if God didn't let them get by with sin, listen, He's not going to let us get by with sin. Judgment day is coming. I wonder how it is at the end of these lives. Now listen, I know it doesn't say that the servants of Amon conspired because Amon was a, a sinful man, but I will say this. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He walked in all the way of his fathers, walked in, served the idols that his father served and worshipped. I believe that lifestyle caused him his life at the end of it. Those turned against him. And I thought, listen, there's some young people that ought to take heed to some older folks that would say, listen, it's not worth it to go out there and live a life of sin. Sit down with some older and some wiser men and some ladies and listen, not in a boastful way. There's not one person walking with God that would ever get up and brag or boast about their years of sin. Now, they'll boast about the grace of God and the mercy of God in their life, but they won't glorify sin. Boy, they'll sure tell you how wicked and ungodly it was and what it cost them in their life. We're living in a society today that it's, well, I want my kids to be able to have all the the, the privileges and the blessings that I didn't have. Well, listen, you ought not to be giving them that outside of church, outside of walking with God. Hey, I'm thankful we we reap the benefits of some younger folks that are coming in and some families that are walking with God today because they had some parents that walked with God and told their kids, hey, listen, this is what's right and this is what's wrong and this is how you ought to live. I'm thankful for it. It's okay to tell your kids the difference and teach them the difference between right and wrong. It's okay to look at him and say, hey, here's where the judging hand of God came down because I wasn't right with God and I wasn't doing what was right. There were times I had to gather my family around and say, listen, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been talking that way and I shouldn't have acted like that. And hopefully they learn from it because it's not worth it. Sin's not worth it. The judging hand of God will come. And may I remind us that that sin in one individual's life, it doesn't just affect that one person, but it does affect those that are around them. You think about nations that were led this direction because they had leaders that were not the godly example they needed to be. And I'll say this, there's been times, I'll just go back to my dad making mention of it because I know it wouldn't happen around Granite State Baptist. There were times that it was amazing that we, there, was, there was young people that were so desiring to serve God. Young people that were wanting to commit to the Lord and say, I want to be there. I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. I want to be faithful to church. And sometimes you just want to take some dad and mom out back and say, hey, what in the world are you thinking? Here you got some kids that are on fire for God and they want to do something for the Lord and the parents say, no, you don't need to go to church on Sunday. Why don't we take off and go to the lake? I'm thinking, no. No, you ought to, hey, listen, get them in there. 
If you got kids wanting to serve God, then parents jump right in there with them. There's been more than one time that those kids have been the way to bring revival in the parent's heart. And be able to say, hey, this is the right thing to do. But then sometimes I've seen parents, boy, they're wanting to be all in. And it seems like they're dragging their kids along. Well, can I say, kids, you still have a responsibility to obey and honor and submit to your parents. It wasn't a choice. The day if I woke up and didn't want to go to church, I, I wasn't able to pitch a fit to my parents and they said, well, just stay home. No, the one thing they needed was to get right here on the front row and I needed the devil preached out of me. And I needed an attitude adjustment. You say, well, I don't know about that. Hey, listen, I've just learned from some mistakes of some older folks in my life that I say it's not worth it to go down that direction. It's not worth it to be walking that way. Hey, there's some that will be willing to talk to you and say, hey, you better love your wife because you'll lose her one day if you don't. You better take care of your family because they'll turn, away, turn around and walk away from you. But for some, they're learning that lesson a little too late, but I'm thankful they're learning it. I'm thankful for that. Second of all, I noticed this. We have Manasseh started at 12 years old, did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. We have Amon, 22 years old, began to reign, did that was evil in the sight of the Lord. He was buried, and the Bible says Josiah, his son, reigned in his stead. Now turn the page, if you need to, to chapter number 22. You say, well, I'm just like this because my dad was like this. It's no excuse. No excuse. Chapter 22, verse number 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jediah, and the, da- the daughter of Adiah of Bosketh. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. I noticed a couple things, and we'll read down through this passage of Scripture here in just a couple moments. But I want you to see that an example for future leaders is that faithfulness to God brings peace. Faithfulness to God brings peace. Can I, can I just encourage us with this? I know our family had issues. I'm talking my dad and mom, five kids. We were an average family. Now, he was a pastor. I will say this, my dad finished well. Didn't walk away from God. I don't don't ever remember a time when my dad said, I'm done on God. Faithfulness to God. We had pretty well a peaceful house. I mean, besides five siblings, you understand that, right? Besides five siblings, we had a, a relatively peaceful house. You know why? Because it was simple... My dad had settled in his heart and life that this is what God has for us and we are going to be faithful to the Lord. Well, faithfulness brings peace. If we were to take the time and read down through verse number 22, there's some things that come up in Josiah's reign that should have brought the judgment of God upon Judah. 
In fact, it talks about all the way coming down through. It talks about that some things were taken up to be able to provide for the temple of the Lord. And look at this, verse number 13. Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that was written concerning us. Now jump down here. Because of faithfulness, look at verse number 19. Because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace. And thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. And I thought, do you understand what made the difference here? It was because of Josiah's faithfulness to the Lord that it actually held off the judging hand of God because of the previous generations. And as I look down through this passage of Scripture, can I... I want to encourage us. We have some faithful men of God here at Granite State Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for some men of God, some fathers, some husbands. Listen, some that are not fathers, that are not husbands, that are doing their best to stay faithful to the Word of God. And listen, I believe this. I believe faithfulness to the Lord brings peace. There's not fighting against the will of God. There's not fighting against each other. There's not fighting in the families. We're just faithful to the Lord. We have some of the sweetest marriages. And uh, there may be some that are sitting back saying, well, you ought to see us at home. <laughs> There's some that, that I've gotten to know. And, and listen, we get inside. I'm not saying that we don't disagree over what we're eating for supper some nights. But I'm saying overall, it's not fighting against the will of God for their lives. Most turmoil I've ever seen in, in families, can I say this? It's always been either in a pastor's home, missionary's home, or an evangelist's home. You say, why is that? Most of the time it's because the husband believed that this was the will of God and the wife was saying, no, that's not the will of God and I'm not following. And boy, they just got drug along. Just got drug along. Listen, I've sat there and I've seen preachers' families and I've seen missionary families, evangelist families, and you can tell there's no joy of the Lord. There is no peace whatsoever. But he gets up there like he's having the time of his life and goes back and has to deal with that family. And I'm saying, listen, faithfulness to the Lord. You say, listen, why is there so much turmoil in my life? Why is there so much fighting in my house? Why is there so much? Hey, I wonder if you're being faithful to the Lord. I wonder if you're being found faithful doing that, which was right. Hey, he started as an eight-year-old boy. As an eight-year-old boy, don't tell me you're too young to do right with the Lord. Well, it's, it's just where I come from. No, do you understand? He had a dad that died out of the will of the Lord and not following the Lord. But Josiah steps into the throne and he said, we're doing what's right at eight years old. And I said, boy, would to God for some faithfulness. I said, that would bring peace. You're being an example of it. 
I've heard some people say, listen, I'm never getting married because I don't want to live in that turmoil and that fighting and that arguing all the time that I saw my parents go through. Well, I'll never get married because then I'll never cheat on my wife. We look at things, listen, you're being an example whether you desire to be or not of faithfulness or unfaithfulness. I've heard this statement before and it's always challenged me. If every member of my church was as faithful to the Lord as what I am, what would be the spiritual level of our church? Let me ask you, Father, if every man in our church was as good of a father and faithful to the Lord as what you are, where would the spiritual level level of our fathers be here in our church? Now, we can make that application. I know it's Father's Day, but hey, I can back up and get Mother's Day too. I wonder if every mother walked with God and had a, had a commitment to the Lord, ladies, like what you have, where would the level of spirituality amongst our ladies be? What's the level of spirituality when it comes to our young people? If every young people was just like their dad, I wonder if we'd be complaining about the next generation. I'm saying faithfulness brings peace. You say, why, why is there so much turmoil in my life? How about trying to be faithful to the Lord? How about just trying to do what's right? And say, I'm going to do right. Well, my parents didn't do that. Can I say this? To this day, because they're both in heaven. To this day, my wife's parents never took her to church. And by God's grace, as we stay married for the next 55 years, because then I'll be 100. <clears throat> I might not make it that far. (laughs) By God's grace, as we stay married, listen, we'll be the first ones in her immediate family that hasn't gone through a divorce. Now, here's, here's the terminology that the world uses. Well, I'm just telling you, the deck's stacked against me. Can I say this? There's no deck that can be so stacked against you that is greater than the grace of God in your life. There's none. And I'm just saying that faithfulness to God makes a difference. And staying with the Lord, you say, well, I haven't seen that in any of my family. You say, how can I do that? That's where you need to stay with the Word of God. The Word of God's full of all the principles on how to be able to make this thing work. And it's following the Lord. Hey, there's some, and I'm not, I'm not looking to embarrass people. They would give you the same testimony if you stopped and talked to them that today they're on their third or their fourth or their fifth marriage. And finally, after three or four or five, there's actually hope of staying together. And you say, how is that? Why is that? I'll tell you what the difference is. It's the Word of God being at the center of this one and making a difference with it. I'm saying, Lord, faithfulness to you sure makes a difference. I'd rather learn that early than have to go through all of that. And I'd rather commit to it. Now, I I want to close with this one here. Humility to following God is your personal decision. I told you I was going to make mention of this, but look with me over in chapter number 23. You understand where Josiah came from? He had at least two generations. I'm not backing up. Hezekiah was pretty good before Manasseh. We're not backing up through the generations. You understand that the dad of Josiah did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. 
the grandfather of Josiah, did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Something changed with the generation of Josiah. And I want you to see this because there's those that are sitting back and you're still holding on to the excuse, but my dad. And there's some maybe sitting in church today and the reason you're not faithful is you're still blaming them. You're still blaming previous generations. Well, you don't know what my dad did 35 years ago. At some point, big boy, put your big boy pants on and take some responsibility for how you're living today. And Josiah, at some point, listen, at eight years old, knew, I don't want to live like my dad's been living. And lives his life serving God. Chapter 23, look what the Bible says. This is what God said in verse number 25. And like unto him, 2 Kings 23, 25. And like unto him, was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might? Boy. I think I remember reading something like that that Jesus said over in the New Testament. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Anyway, you can go look that up. According to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. Boy, I read down through. Now listen, the judgment came in the next generations. But do you understand what was said about Josiah? Of it being said... There was no one like him. Well, that's because he had a dad that trained him right. No, it wasn't. I often do wonder, and this is reading between the lines, I do wonder about his mom and grandmother. Boy, I read down through there and I thought, you know, there's no excuse for any of us today to continue on just because of that's where I came from. Well, pastor, I came from the other side of the tracks and there's just no hope for me whatsoever. You don't have it as bad as Josiah. Well, I I just didn't have that, that faithfulness in church. And do you understand the sin that was in my dad's life? My dad was just a hypocrite going to church. Okay. I've heard that statement before. And can I say this, that if your dad was a hypocrite, and guess what, you are too, and so am I, and so is everyone that's sitting here. But someone once said, well, they were a hypocrite, and they're, now they're, they're going back to church, and they're doing it. He's just a hypocrite sitting in church. And I said, well, you're not going to church, so that means the hypocrite's closer to God than you are. I said, that's just, that's just real. Well, we can come up with every excuse and say, well, that just hurt me years ago when I was going. How long ago was that? And we're still blaming everybody else for our lack of faithfulness to the Lord? No. Humility to follow God is our personal decision. And I'm closing with this because, listen, we live in a society nobody will take responsibility for their own personal actions. And saying, well, I'm like this because of my parents. I'm like this because of my boss. I'm like this because of my pastor. I'll give you that one, okay? I'm like that because of this and because of that. No, how about looking at it and saying, listen, I can change things today. 
You say, well, there's characteristics in my father's life that I just don't want. Then don't have them. Then make a difference. Stay with the Lord. Stay faithful to the Word of God. Was I a perfect father? Absolutely not. Am I? No. There's things I hope Peter does. I hope Ruth's husband someday. That I hope they do far better being a parent than I ever did. The only book I ever had for being able to know how to raise children was this one right here. And I didn't get as much out of it as I should have to be able to raise them kids. Yeah, I make mistakes. You've made mistakes. You say, well, I'm going to blame it on my dad. Takes all the responsibility off me. Well, can I say this? When you stand before the Lord one day and judgment day has come, God's not going to take that you're blaming your parents. Young person, you're bitter against God. And you don't want to be in church. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to submit to your parents. You don't want to submit to godly leadership in your life. Or you just want to do it when you choose to do it. You'll stand before the Lord for it one day. And it's your humility that's your personal decision on whether you serve the Lord or not and you're faithful to God. And I want to say we're examples whether we want to be or not. We're examples of future leaders that are coming up. And I, I, I just want to encourage us and challenge us today that if every young person coming behind me that's looking at my life, if they are the same type of Christian I am, what hope is there for Granite State Baptist Church? What hope is there for America if every one of them is just like me? That's why I want to be the best Christian I possibly can. I want to be to the point that if someone said, I want to be a Christian just like pastor, then I want to be able to say, you know, I am walking with God, not in a prideful way. No known sin in my life. I've had my devotions. The Lord's speaking to my heart. I'm following the Lord. I'm led by the Spirit of God. That'd be okay. Boy, there's sometimes you and I both know you hear that. Boy, I just want to be like so-and-so. And I'm thinking, I'd rather you not be. They, they may have a form of godliness, but it's just an empty shell. And I'm thinking, let's be real. Let's be the example of future leaders that we're supposed to be. There's some young dads that are raising up some little ones right now. Raise them to be a better Christian than what you are. Raise them to be faithful in church by setting the example. Not beating everybody down. Not driving out of church on Sunday complaining about everybody in church. No wonder people don't want to come back sometimes. Why kids want to get away from the church. All they heard was complaining about the church when they went home. Complaining about the preacher. I'm saying let's be humble and following God. It's our personal decision. Understanding who we are before the Lord. Being an example for future leaders. Being the right type of husband and father we need to be. To be able to show them, be able to teach them. If there's ever one thing, I know I'm not the best Christian. I know I'm not the best husband. But I will say this, I sure hope I've taught my son how to be a husband and a father. He doesn't hear me coming home yelling at his mom every day. He doesn't hear me coming back and slapping her in the corner. Beating her up one side and down the other. He's never had his dad come back drunk and he's running to hide on me. I hope I've taught a few things, and I hope you can too. An example for future leaders. You say, well, what about this young generation of dads? Where's their example? I'll close with this. You know as well as I do what the statistics are across America for those that are raised 
in a one-parent home without their dads. You know where it's at. If you don't think your job's important of being a godly example, you just get on and Google this afternoon on how many people are in prison come from a one-parent household with no dad in the house. Go ahead. You want to know it? I know Brother Greason just did a whole lot of study on it and everything. Go ahead and ask him. He'll give you the impacts of it. Boy, we got a job ahead of us. Are you willing to be the godly example that God demands of you? Well, I didn't have that in the previous generation. Don't keep blaming it on them. Make a difference in your home. Make a difference in your life.